Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Each week we focus on a person, historical event or pop culture moment linked to HIV and explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And between us, we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. Pointing at me and lifting your eyebrows, raising your eyebrows. Do you want me to start this one? Yes, please. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Do you like how my hair's blowing in the wind? Yes. I feel like I'm in uh, like Maria McKee. Do you remember? Was it Maria McKee? Show me heaven. Do you remember that song? Yes, you do. Was it from Days of Thunder? Show me heaven. There it is. Oh, is that just what you are? The lovely musical tones. I see. Well, it's a very hot day, isn't it, Sarah? So it's all fans go. You say it's hot, but I feel that uh, people in some countries that listen to us will think this is a mild spring day. It's what, 20? Sarah, it's been 30 degrees over the weekend and that means that I just shut down for like the next week. It's just madness. I literally shut all of the shutters in my house. And just oh, I thought you it. meant you shut down like you were malfunctioning. Oh, no, I am. That too. It's a great excuse not to do anything, isn't it? No, no, no housework this weekend. It's too hot. What does Gracie do in the heat? Does she just lounge around and go out at night? Gracie is Sarah's cat, by the way. It sounds like I'm asking about her child. That is yes. not, that is a cat. So my children do do that, by the way, lounge around all day and go out at night when it's cooler. So across the road from where I live is um, some some trees and she goes and in, it's like a bit overgrown. She goes in there and oh, then she right. comes home because it's cool, isn't it? Comes home covered in crap, which then she sheds all over the house. What a treat. See, this is the thing, whereas because I knew it was going to be 30 degrees on Saturday, I had to get up mega early. I got up at half past five on Saturday to walk the dogs because Ben was away. So I walked them once at half five and then I walked them again at half nine because I knew they couldn't go out for the rest of the day. Oh, my God. So, you know, last week I had to get up early. My son was going on a school trip to France and we had to drop him off at half past five. I say we. I made my husband do it, but I did get up. I it was so early, my eyes were streaming. I just what crying? You were just desperately up tears, just like 
God, it was light. I was saying to you, God, it's light at that time in the morning. But it was just my eyes were like, no, 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 no. We need another couple of hours sleep here. Back to bed. And he went to France, didn't he? So did he use any of your amazing French that you always teach us? No, not really. The poor kid, he gets travel sick and they went on a coach. He was covered head to toe in travel sickness remedies. He wasn't sick, which so they all worked. But I think I might have gone over. <laughs> but now the thing is, you, you don't know which one will have worked out of all the different remedies. Because Sarah actually told me about all these different different things she gave. He had bands, he had he had tablets, he's, he's all sorts. Even you can get patches, patches. and numerous sick bags all over his person. But this is it. You won't know what works now. So now every single trip, he's going to have to use every single one of them. Like these patches, I think it's the patches that work. But I sent him with quite a few. And I was like, if you feel queasy, stick them all over you. Stick more and more. Did he look like he was trying to give up nicotine? Oh, it's just mental. Anyway, he didn't get back till like half one in the morning. It was that day was an absolute treat. So both me and my husband were obviously tired. So we were playing games and stuff like not weird games like I mean, I ain't even bored to death. With did you, had you just wiped down the sex swing like we talked about in the other episode? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Put that to good use. But we're trying to keep each other awake because we're both terrified. Again, sex off. swing sounds like it's probably coming into play. At <laughs> <laughs> about 10 o'clock, I just started getting really snappy and he's like, does somebody need a nap? And I was just like, stop. How was to wait yet? That's a long day. So half five to one in the morning. Yeah, yeah I mean, a long day for him, but you know. He's just sitting on a couch, isn't he, and wandering around wherever they went to. Such oh. a good parent. <laughs> Not a clue where he went. <laughs> well done you. Well done you for getting up at half past five and seeing a bit of my world. Yes, I don't like it and I will not be going there again. But well done on you for doing this on the regs, as they I say. I love it. They love say it's, up. yeah, they say it's um in your genetics. I've been reading about this. It's in your genetics, how, which parts of the day that you like. So I am like a super early bird, as you know. I like to do everything I need to do in the morning. I've lost, I don't have anything in the afternoon. I've lost energy. I can't be bothered. I was telling Sarah, I even cook my evening meal sometimes in the morning because I just don't have the energy to do it in the afternoon. Like six o'clock. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of horrible because it smells like a really like evening cook meal. And that's a bit gross at that time in the morning, but you know, needs must. Wow. Right, Sarah, tell me what yes. we're doing today. Today we are looking at periods and the menopause. Oh, I love this. I've got tons to contribute. I have loads of periods. But we're not talking about your periods. Oh, rude. Or the Kraken's periods. Which yeah. be that's more... why she's so angry. Because periods suck. Yeah, no, they're not great, are they? No, but we're not going to go there. Let's yeah. not overshare. No, that's fine. Um, oh, also, actually, speaking about the Kraken, you know, on last week's episode, we were talking about sex. Obviously, it was it was like this episode. It was an HIV and episode. So last week was HIV and sex, sex toys and sexual dysfunction. And actually, a little Easter egg. I'm going to mention this because when I first put the episode up, some of you might have seen this. Sarah mentioned it today. But I only I noticed it about an hour after it had been published and I changed it, but um, I misspelt the title. So it actually read sex, sexy toys and sexual dysfunction. So good job I sort of caught that. So if anyone saw that, you know, I did fix it. I did see it. But who knows what sexy toys are? I don't know. <laughs> wrong. So many levels of wrong. But um, yes. So anyhow, my mum messaged me and basically all the message said was, I'm going to talk to you about my sex life the next time I see you. And then messaged me again in a very threatening way, Bernalicious, and put, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> God 
Oh, you're going to have one of those really open conversations. I'm not going to lie. I'm slightly scared, but she's right. I've said we should all be more open. So, Bernice, I'm ready for it. Let's go. I mean, if anyone from my family is listening, I don't want to know. I do. Talk to me. Um, but anyway. See, that goes for Sean, our boss. I don't want to talk to you about my periods either. No, we have to be open, Sarah. We have to talk to everybody now. Everyone will be terrified to come and have a chat with us. We'll be like, so, discharge, go. <laughs> Sarah's oh, no. Really a picture. I'm sorry. I know. Okay. And we're not talking about, I don't even like that word. We're not talking about discharge today. Okay. Well, we've mentioned it now. So, you know, we're, we're helping people get used to these things. Think if you're going to start with anyone, start with me. Yeah, yeah. That maybe I am <laughs> chipping away, desensitizing you. What are we turning into? We're turning into some sort of different podcast, aren't we? Yes, it's weird. It's not weird. It's perfectly normal. I just imagine you sitting in the office next time we're all in, going, "Is oh, anyone have trouble with discharge at the moment?" <laughs> Everyone just freezing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because women don't talk about things like that, do we? Let's be honest. And like Sarah said, we're not about to talk about that. So we've sort of gone off on a bit of a tangent here, but we don't. I have never had a conversation about discharge with any of my friends, I don't think. Maybe I'll challenge. Oh, my God, mother. That's what we're going to discuss. Get ready. Well, she's going to discuss it with anyone. It will be her singing group, her choir. It's a conversation opener, isn't it? she's there going ruining the day she she like told them to listen she's like no turn off turn off <laughs> i'm so sorry mother Sopranos respawn i don't know what your mum's group's called uh, uh, it's the printer's playhouse choir oh lovely wait oh well we are awaiting your feedback on how that conversation went <laughs> <laughs> that's literally made my day right hiv periods the menopause yes so a while ago we did a Q&A about hiv one of the questions was about the risks during period sex. Yeah. And I very stupidly, do you remember, was like, what, what's period sex? And you explained it to me. Thank you. I mean, sometimes I just wonder how I function. Anyway. <laughs> I, we... I know, especially last week. So I was letting us know how much she likes personal space during sex. She's not aware what period sex is. We are not sure if Sarah has stolen her children from somewhere else. Oh, do you know what? This is a complete aside. I was watching something. It's on Channel 4. It's called Open House, Open Sex House or something. And it's all about couples exploring having a non-monogamous I've not said that right relationship so they're in a couple but they're looking to just have a more open relationship yeah and one couple went to um an, an orgy so it can be described as an orgy there were 18 people there arms and legs everywhere honestly I had to switch off I think I might have OCD around this really 18 people 18 how do you even keep track of what's going on it was very overwhelming but isn't it more that you would go off with somebody or are you saying that they were on some sort of enormous giant bed? Big bed. Like yeah. Yeah. Really? And all I could think about was, oh, look at them creasing those sheets. I think they were doing more than that to the sheets. Huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I'll go and check that out. Is that Channel 4? Oh, definitely Channel 4. I'll go and check it Of course it is. The home of Eurotrash. Of course, it's Channel 4. Oh, I still love Eurotra. I learned so much from that. Didn't we all? Anyway, back to this. So, completely lost what we're talking about. <laughs> Let's just chat about us today. <laughs> no, remember, you don't want to because of what I mentioned, the D word. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Okay, so someone had asked um, during our Q&A session about period sex. We said we'd get back with an answer. And now we are, however many months later. An entire episode. This is very good. 
Well, it just got me thinking about those of us that have periods and our health in general around HIV. So that's what we're going to focus on today. Okay. Now, you might be wondering, or you might not, why we're not using the term women. And that's because we are very aware and very respectful of how people want to identify. Yes. But there is so little research around HIV and the transgender community that we need to be careful with this episode. The sources that we're using talk about women and women's hormones. And I know that's not very inclusive if you're transitioning or you don't identify as either male or female. And some of what we discuss isn't inclusive enough for you. I don't think it will be. But we hear you, we see you, and we will be looking at this later in the year. Very well said, Sarah. Thank you very much. Okay. So firstly, periods. Periods and risk. Let's. I'm so up for talking about periods. I, I know. I, I really don't want to work with you in the office. But do you know why? Because whenever, obviously I live with Ben, obviously, um, and whenever he'd be like, ooh, finding a tampon in a wrapper, in a wrapper, right, say on the side, I would literally, he'd be like, oh, you've left one of your things here. And I'd be like, say it. What is it? Say the name. Say it. Because it's just like, again, it's like period shaming us, isn't it? And we shouldn't be period shamed. How old is Ben? <laughs> he's, he's 38. <laughs> I know, right? But yeah, it's that it's that thing, isn't it? Of it still being a bit like, Ugh. he likes to call it your monthlies. You got your monthlies. I'm just like, it's it's could say it. Period. Period. You know I'm when, <laughs> when my kids were little, one of the easiest ways to keep them amused while I had a shower, for example, and wash my hair was to give them a box of tampons. Amazing. And then they just unwrap them all, pop them out, and God, they were loving it. I bet they're quite fun. Not lots of moving parts, but I think if you're two. Perfect. Looks a bit like a mouse. Love it. Yes, exactly. Okay, so firstly, let's look at whether HIV can be transmitted via contact with menstrual blood. So if someone is detectable, menstrual blood on skin, intact skin, in other words, no open wounds, yeah. then there's no transmission risk. Okay. Um, but if it comes into contact with broken skin, we've talked about this before. Um, then HIV transmission is possible. They've put here still unlikely, but I think the kind of stance we take is that it is possible and therefore, you know, there is a, a risk. Yes. Okay. If you're having unprotected sex, then of course there's a transmission risk. Yeah. Because you're detectable. Now, if someone is HIV positive and undetectable, uh, then we know their blood is no risk to anyone in any form. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Yeah, exactly. So there's, it, you know, not periods, not anything. So are those who have periods at greater risk of HIV during menstruation? Just to clarify, make sure I understand the question. Are we saying that is a negative person, an HIV negative person, more at risk of contracting HIV if they're having sex while they're on their period? Yes. So having a period does not increase the risk of acquiring HIV. However, Hormonal changes during menstrual cycles are believed to place us at greater risk than at other times. So the biology of the vagina and cervix mean we, especially adolescents and those who are older, doesn't give an age, are in general more vulnerable to HIV and STIs than those with a penis. That's fascinating. Why don't we know this as women? Why don't you and I know this? Why doesn't the world know this? I know. I mean... They've cited, uh, we'll always put our sources um, on the episode, but they've cited this source, two studies. So one was done in 2015 with monkeys 
and it concluded that immune protection is at its lowest mid-cycle, therefore giving a window of opportunity for infections to enter. That's not to say that there isn't opportunity at any other time during a person's cycle. Um, and I know I sound like a broken record, don't I? But if you're having unprotected sex, there's always a risk of contracting HIV. It would appear for those of us that have a menstrual cycle that risk changes depending on where you are in your cycle. I think my head's just exploded. The fact that our risk fluctuates in terms of periods. See, there's sort of another reason why periods suck. Yes. Reason. Yeah. Now, there was another study done as well with, and it, these are both quite small time studies. I think what, um, when we were pulling together, Together the episode, what we realised is that actually around kind of periods and menopause, there isn't that much research and there should be. But this was a small time study with 37 HIV negative female sex workers in Nairobi. They found a link between the first stage of a person's cycle and factors that could increase the chance of HIV infections. They're slightly different from the monkeys. Now they acknowledge, yes, this is a very small number of people. Um, And the study concluded that what's needed is a better understanding of the hormonal cycle on the vaginal immune environment so that they can identify how it influences HIV transmission in those that experience a menstrual cycle. I love that they say there needs to be more done on it. It's like, I'm sure someone else will pick that up. (laughs) Where's the where is it? Where's the information? So they're kind of not half-baked studies. They did them all properly, but on such a small number of people and with differing results. So essentially, I don't think anyone's really sure of the exact point in a person's cycle. Maybe it differs from person to person. Again, another reason to use protection, isn't it? I feel like I can just pack up and go home now because I've learned so much that my head's a bit blown. (laughs) I feel like that's enough for today. I'm just like, so I don't want to know more because... This is already like, what on air? I just cannot believe. Why Why isn't that part of sex education at school? Why aren't we telling young people that have periods this? Why aren't we letting them know? That's because a good point. without a doubt, there are occasions of unprotected sex. That is going to happen. We can't sit around pretending it doesn't. Most of us, I was about to say, we've all done it. I mean, I don't want to speak for everyone. I would say most of us have. You know, these things do happen. And if we're not arming people with the information to make better informed decisions. So people might be thinking, you know, I'm on my period, so I won't bother to use protection. Um, But actually, they need to be aware that this isn't around risk of pregnancy. This is around STI contraction. Yeah. And that's what have you uncovered, Sarah? I feel like we should do some sort of whistleblowing exercise. Why people don't know this. (laughs) Well, I don't know if I'm ready, but yes. Uh, Right. So the next point looks at whether HIV can affect the menstrual cycle. So uh, lots of people who have periods experience irregularities in their cycles at some point or other. Lots and lots of reasons why we don't need to go into that here. There is evidence to suggest that women living with HIV are more likely to experience missed periods. There's an actual medical name for it. Did you know that? No. I'm going to butcher it right now. It's called amenorrhea. Amenorrhea? Amenorrhea. So there was an analysis conducted in the 1990s and early 2000s. This is a bigger study, 9,000 women. And it found that women living with HIV were 70% more likely to experience amenorrhea of more than three months. Really? Again, I never knew this. No, I, I would have no idea about that. 
There's another clinical study, 828 women from 1994 to 2002, and that also found that women living with HIV are more likely to have had unexplained amenorrhea for over a year compared with women not living with HIV. So their their periods would just stop? Just stopped. Now, for a third of those women living with HIV, it was reversible. And the study couldn't conclude with exact reasons as to why that would happen. Right. Women living with HIV. But again, it's something I never knew. I have no idea. Absolutely. I've never heard of that. And it could be, I guess. I mean, there was, there could be so many factors that they do need to do more wide ranging studies on, on things like this. Well, yeah, it's, it's not. Is it related to low body weight, immune suppression? Um, is it HIV medication? Yeah, I, I, you're right. It's absolutely not good enough just to go, well, we don't know why. That study was finished in 2002, over 20 years ago. Things have changed since then. Advances in medication. Women are living longer with HIV. Why, is it, why are these things not being looked into? Yeah, why is nobody bothering? Like, is it, uh, I, mean, I'm, I mean, if anyone knows of anybody doing any research around this, please do let us know because we would really, really love to have, have access to that and, and learn a little bit more. Exactly. And I think, as we said um, many times when I listened back through the sexual dysfunction bit of our podcast last week, if you're HIV positive and you're having irregular periods, talk to your HIV consultant. Because again, you don't have to live that way. Some people might like to, but if you want to understand the underlying causes, definitely seek Yes. And let, and and like we said last week, and I know obviously my mum was joking with me, you know, sending me mean messages, be careful what you wish for. But we really should be talking more about periods. We do get period shamed. People that have periods get period shamed all the time. We're not really supposed to talk about it. It's kind of, you know, you're a bit gross and dirty. This is sort of how it's presented to us quite often. Um, if we're not having these conversations, how would we know any of this stuff? So I'm definitely going to talk to some of our service users about this because I feel like they should know. Because we do just accept these things and just go, well, just live with it. That's fine. No, we can solve these. No, I think you're right. We do need to talk to them about it and initiate those conversations. There are so many things that do affect women that we just don't really bother to talk about or look into. Oh, thank God we're doing this episode, Sarah. Look at us, saviors of the universe. (laughs) Right. Next point. Is a missed period a symptom of HIV? No. No. Well, I've included this because I think there's sometimes kind of urban myths around it. Once you contract HIV, that's it. Your periods will stop. Danger, danger. You need to get tested. No, it's not a sign of HIV. And it certainly doesn't form part of the kind of list of symptoms for HIV seroconversion. Lots of reasons why someone may miss their usual monthly period. But as you say, we're all different, aren't we? Like all of our cycles are different. Like my cycle's super short and really irritating. So I find that quite annoying. But you know what? I'm actually going to include this. And again, they're not, they haven't like paid us to promote them, but I feel like I have to share this information because for me, this was life-changing. I have absolutely horrendous period pains, like awful, as you know, terrible. They'll make me be sick. Sometimes I can't get out of bed. It's awful. You can take painkillers, but they're really not touching the sides. It's awful. It changed my life when I found day tampons and they're CBD tampons. Really? Honestly. And I know that sounds like such an exaggeration of saying that, but because the CBD is in the tampon, basically it can target all of that area. So it relaxes it. So the yeah. muscles stop contracting so you don't get that pain. And I, I honestly, I don't need to take painkillers alongside them. That is how effective they are. Honestly, um, it's spelt D-A-Y-E. 
But please do go and check them out because I have to say, as someone that suffers with horrendous period pains, I don't anymore. Life-changing. Wow. Yeah. So I hope that helps somebody else. Excellent. Good all round. Right. Next point. Can you live with HIV and use hormonal contraception to suppress menstruation? I always have problems with the word and today it's that one. So, sorry, just to put it in layman's terms, are you asking that if I'm positive, can I take the pill and not have a break so that then I don't get a period? I'm going to say yes. Yes. Because why would that make a difference, just having HIV? Well, you do need to check that there are no interactions between your HIV meds and any hormonal contraceptions that you're going to use. Because obviously a lot of people go to their GP for their contraception, right? So would it be better to speak with your HIV clinic and look at getting the pill or whatever contraception you want to go for from your sexual health clinic and your HIV consultant? Because they will know if there are any interactions between the contraception that you want to use and your HIV meds. I think it's definitely worth having a conversation with your sexual health clinic so that you're fully informed whether there might be uh, any kind of, I was going to say controversy then, that's really not the right word, any interactions. Yeah. Um, and then you can go to GP to, to access it. Ah, perfect. That makes sense. Thank you. So some HIV meds, and remember, there's a really broad range of HIV medication, but some of them may reduce the effectiveness of your chosen method of contraception. So if you're thinking about implants um, or the pill, especially, and it's because both HIV medication and the contraceptive are processed in the liver by the same enzymes. So the contraceptive is processed faster than usual, which means level of the contraceptive hormone may be too low to prevent pregnancy. HIV meds will still work fine. Right. But that's the reason for checking. Yeah, we'll definitely check them because there's no point taking contraception if that's then going to be affected and that isn't going to work for you. But before anyone starts panicking, it does not apply to all HIV meds. Your HIV consultant is your point of contact there to double check. This is such a fascinating episode. It's just things that I had never even considered in terms of HIV. No, I hadn't. No, definitely not. Um, The other thing to think about the morning after pill, again, its effectiveness could be affected by HIV meds. So just double check. See, I just would never have known this. And these are things that affect people all the time. Yeah. The other thing we need to look at is whether contraception increases the risk of HIV for those uh, who are having periods. So, um, And this has been included because... There have been studies in the past that suggested a possible increased risk of HIV for women who were using, um, they called it Depo, you know, the injectable contraception. Yeah. And so there were rumours flying around, you know what, you know what it's like. Yes, I do. Any excuse to say that something increases the risk of HIV. Uh, But anyway, a large study conducted more recently in four African countries found no significant difference in the risk of HIV infection amongst uh, those using hormonal or non-hormonal, long-acting reversible contraception methods, so implants, injections, IUDs. Let's hopefully put that little rumour to bed. So, so far, so good? Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, we should also look at what happens when you hit the menopause. Yes. For anyone who's unclear, the menopause is when you stop having periods. doesn't happen overnight. It's a very gradual process for most people. Now, some studies suggest women living with HIV might experience symptoms of the menopause earlier and more severely than those who don't have HIV. Okay. So 
that bit of information I had heard before, but I have no idea why. Is it to do? Is that if you're on medication, do we know, or is it is it the HIV that that sort of brings it on earlier? I bet there's well, the, a study on this, is there? I bet they're like, well, well, well no, there is, and it's called the Prime Study. One of the things the study looked at, um, and I haven't read the whole report because it's quite good. I mean, it's so it's weighty, but you know, there was quite a bit to wade through. So they think that some of the symptoms of menopause are sometimes confused with symptoms of HIV, (laughs) which is a bit inconclusive, if I'm honest. Sexual dysfunction was also more common, but the good news is that those living with HIV who were going through the menopause were more likely to seek medical help for those problems. And I, I kind of get what they're saying because... Some of the symptoms of the menopause are so generic, aren't they? And I think they just get attributed to all kinds of things. And I think a lot of the time, if you're kind of going through the perimenopause, you don't actually realise that those symptoms are kind of linked to your monthly cycle. You know, you might, I'm trying to think of some symptoms now, insomnia maybe. or Anxiety increases, doesn't it? Yeah, that's a big one. Yes. Yes. So why am I feeling more anxious? Why am I not able to kind of lose weight the way I did a few years ago or yes why am I feeling tired all the time and and you don't realize that it's actually all linked to kind of what your body's going through yeah Um, and I think that's the difficulty when you compare those living with HIV with those that don't is the symptoms are so generic is how do you pinpoint what relates to what condition now we should say that not everyone uh, that goes through the menopause needs treatment but if you are HIV positive, are there any issues in accessing treatment specifically like hormone replacement therapy? And the answer is no, there isn't. So one of the things that's monitored with people who've been through the menopause is bone density and bone health. And the British HIV Association, BEVA, recommends that HIV doctors regularly check the bone health of all women with HIV who have gone through the menopause. So they're more likely to be closely monitored than those who are not positive because HIV can affect the risk of bone issues. So and they're being almost not better cared for, but more closely monitored. Yes, yes. Those. So things are going to be picked up and other yeah. symptoms that could be attributed, like you're saying, to something like the menopause, that will be picked up faster by your clinician, we're yes. assuming. Yeah. Uh, we've just talked about HRT. HRT um, can be taken with HIV treatment. Again, your doctor would need to check that there were no interactions. HIV clinics don't necessarily, well, they don't provide HRT. It's kind of not part of their remit. It has to be prescribed through your GP, but there should be providing there's no kind of interactions between the two, then you're fine to take both. Okay. And in terms of whether HIV treatment is as effective for people who've gone through the menopause, yes, it works just as well in those who've gone through the menopause as it does in those who are younger and not yet going through it. That's good to know. Yeah, no more knowledge to impart around periods and the menopause. I'm done. What a good episode. We start a little campaign to get more research done. Yes. Anyone? Can anyone out there help us? Like, we should know more about this. And can everyone please take the time this week to just tell one person about the increased risk of um, STIs? Yes. Unfortunately, you can't say when in their cycle they'll be more prone to contracting STIs because the studies don't match up. But I do think it's important. Because if we're actually not aware, because no one's bothered to do enough studies on it, brilliant, we don't even know. We're just like, yeah, we think you're going to be more susceptible to it at some point, um, but we just don't know when. 
Like, oh, thanks. Thanks, guys. That's so, that's so helpful. Weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That it just falls so far down the agenda. And yet yeah. men's issues don't, in my opinion. No, I, I've told you about this, Sarah. Don't make me get on another rant, you know, about how phones are designed for men's hands. You know, more women get damaged in car, damaged, injured in car crashes because all of the crash testing is designed for men. Like it, mm. our whole world is designed for men. All the men listening to this right now are just like, oh, I'm going to switch this off. But, you know, it's important to recognise this. Yeah. So they do. I think we'll probably do another one in the future. Yeah. Um, because I think this will be an ongoing topic. There's so much to know, so much to learn. No, fantastic episode, Tara. Great research. Just sad that there's not more. So what are you going to do now to go and relax? Because that was a lot. Oh, well, it's very warm, isn't it? I'm going to go and I don't know. I haven't thought that far ahead. No, it's far too warm. And what's happened to the CCTV wire? Because now it's just a sad CCTV wire again. Oh, well, I was going to put something up this week, but I've got a fan on and it just kept blowing it down. Oh, do you know what? That's fair enough. I'll let you off. But we should say, if anybody would like one of my uh, amazing hand-drawn pictures on this wire, let me know. Just drop us a DM. I don't even need to know what you look like. I can use my imagination. Okay. But it's a good way to get a shout out. And it's like you're here with me. Anywhere in the world, this is open to everybody. If you'd like me to draw a picture of you, put it on the CCTV wire. I'm very happy to do that. Okay. I can't wait to get all these DMs. I'm not going to ask you what we're doing next week because we do that every week. And to to be quite frank, I know we've got every topic down for the rest of the year, but I have not looked at the list. So I'm not going to show myself up, Sarah, by not knowing what we're doing next week. No, the time and effort we put into that list uh, was well worth it because I have not got a clue either. No, do you remember I made Sarah buy me? Sounds like you're my mum. I made Sarah buy me. No, I said, can we please buy this beautiful, colourful calendar that I wrote them all down on so I can see it. But what I've realised is I took that away from Sarah. so She can't see that. I just have it. Where is it then? Here at my house. Is it? Oh, I'll be straight over to have a look. Thanks for listening to the HIV podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can now also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The HIV Podcast for behind-the-scenes insights and video. The HIV Podcast is produced by Thames Valley Positive Support. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.